1: Hello Trojan fans, welcome to another edition of the Peristyle podcast on a Thursday. Today we're going to talk with Chris Trevino about USC spring football, pro day, new enter into the transfer portal, and lots more. If you're watching us live on our YouTube channel, we are back. Yes, it's been a while, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been uh, live in studio, but we're doing that right now. So you can watch us Follow us along live if you're in the chat box. Uh, say hello. Make sure you smash that like button and put any question questions or comments uh, you have. If you're listening on any of our podcasting channels, we appreciate that. As well, if you have any questions for the show, we'll be back doing these regularly. I think during the spring, we're going to shoot for noon on Thursday before going to USC spring practice on Thursday afternoon. So that's going to be the schedule for the next month or so. Noon on Thursday, Uh, so if you want to get your questions in, try to do it before that. Just say it's for the Chris and Ryan Show. And you can do that by emailing podcast at uscfootball.com. You can also call or text us at 424-254-9141. Shoot us a text or leave us a brief voicemail. and We'd love to play it on the air. We have one for you today. And if you have the Apple Podcasting app, follow along with the show and subscribe. Follow us at the Peristyle Podcast. Leave us a five-star rating review. It does help to grow the show i haven't looked to see if we have any new reviews i don't think we do i think we're good oh wait oh no we
0: no i'm sorry we do Uh-oh. have a couple of, yeah but anyway welcome in chris how are you doing i'm good i was just thinking i can't remember the last time we did a show together so it's been a minute I'll it's say that it's
1: been a minute um i'm gonna put a little thing up there smash the like button yeah if you're watching us live thank you again we have, uh, I have your uh, comments up here on the screen. If you want to send us a question for the sh- later on the show, just put question to start. I will start it and come back to it later. But in the meantime, smash that like button. We need it smashed all over the place. And uh, don't smash it twice, then it might unlike. I don't know. But you can subscribe that little bell there. That'll give you a notification when we go live. And uh, for sure, subscribe to the channel. Parastel Podcast it's growing all the time. Uh, we got a bunch of videos that go up uh, after every practice, so make sure you check all that stuff
0: out. But Chris, you doing okay? I'm doing okay. You know, Tuesday practice was a little rough just because of all the rain, cold, yeah. shouldn't be like that today. It should at least not be raining, So, but I'm excited to get back out there, get back into the flow of things. Get back into the flow. You know, we only had that one practice Wednesday two weeks ago, yeah. so we went on spring break. Now we're back. To two practices in a week. This is our first time with two practices this week. So, you know, just trying to get back into the flow of everything as we move through spring camp. It feels like spring camp is actually really starting this week. Yeah, for sure, because it was like
1: basically like two weeks off, um, like you mentioned. They had one practice and then, you know, two weeks later. I want to do a couple of new reviews. Uh, USC Frazier boy says, addicted to usafootball.com. First year subscriber. Cannot stop listening and reading. Have to have my morning fix. Shout out to 20K. Yeah, that's nice. Thank you for being a subscriber. Um,
0: I'm not we, there yet. I'm almost there, but I'm not there yet. Getting there.
1: And we have a deal going on right now. So go over to uscfootball.com. I think it's still going, right, Chris? Mm-hmm. 50% off? Ends tonight. Ends tonight. So make sure you do it. So if you're not a subscriber, perfect time. You can sign up for half off. Uh, you will definitely not regret it. Um, so make sure you check it out. We also have a five-star from SC Vermeer. Uh, composite two-star podcast. i followed SC Recruiting closely since the 90s. Never have I been this informed, and it's because of this podcast. special shout out to Gerard Martinez.
0: You're the best in the business. he is the best in the business. That's why I corralled him in doing a podcast that we do pretty much weekly, so yeah, new episode dropped this morning if you're you know a composite two star fan and you should be waiting to get your fix. It was up at twelve forty a m this morning so and if you're not, go check it out. You're yeah, uh, up
1: late. Um, Ron from L.A., lower Alabama. Is Jack in the studio box? Jack is not. Uh, so Jack will be a practice today. Um, probably we're going to try to do a tunnel vision Sunday, but I don't think the schedules and stuff is going to work out. So we will get Jack back. Jack had some mobility issues. He's now back out there. So we're going we're gonna to get this going again. So we'll figure out a tunnel vision to do. Maybe during the week if we can't do on the weekends. But we want to get Jack back out there. Because uh, he's an integral part of the team. also want to thank our sponsor, Trader Joe's. You know what I had for dinner last night, Chris? I'm going to guess
0: it's something from Trader Joe's. Guess what's your favorite from Trader Joe's? Orange chicken. I you some, went orange chicken?
1: I went orange chicken. Uh, my mom is visiting. She, we stopped in the studio actually while Chris was recording and I dropped off him some cupcakes. That's my thing, I guess. I just drop you off uh, sweets. Sweets. But um, I'm not complaining. Yeah. And uh, but I had some uh, some of the the frozen rice, which I like to make from Trader Joe's, and the the orange chicken, which I did in the air fryer, which I really like. It comes out really good in the air fryer. Um, and some some of those dumplings, which I, that I like those soup dumpling things. So those are really good. Uh, a great dinner there. And I'm having some people over this weekend, uh, so I got to pick up a bunch of snacks from Trader Joe's, a bunch of wine, um, pick up some different beers. I like it like the little six packs of like craft beers and stuff. Uh, but they have great wine. I mean, you can get a whole bunch of wine, $10. bucks. i am going to do some... I think we're, it's going to be at like a Sunday afternoon thing. So Mimosas for sure. I'll buy the Prosecco over there at Trader Joe's. So
0: Mimosas. Going to be
1: a big Trader Joe's run either Friday or Saturday. So make sure you guys go check it out. They've been a great partner to us
0: over the years. Have you made a, a run lately, Chris? I haven't. I... I'm still stocked up from that last run I made card. with all the gift card run, but <laughs> I, I got like four bags of orange chicken, so I'm like stocked <laughs> nicely. So somehow that, that pork belly sitting in the fr- the freezer and uh, the uh, Korean barbecue short ribs, I still have those, Ooh. waiting to break those out. But, yeah, I do need to make a run for snacks. But in terms of big items, I'm, I'm pretty stocked right now. But I will be going probably in the next week or so.
1: Yeah, Kings fan said he was the 24th person to smash – the like button it was funny we had more likes when there were people waiting coming in so that was uh kind of how many we got how many degenerates on there yeah we got we got a bunch
0: um is it degenerates is that what it's become that's what you like to say yeah is that like becoming the? this is the first time you've actually said it so i just want to log. yeah we got 60 yeah.
1: 62 people watching i guess right now so thank you for
0: uh for doing that we appreciate
1: it um uh, watching us live and if you're listening on any of the podcasting platforms that is great as well the live things just kind of fun because we can get some questions as we're going um, we don't have as many emails today. So if you do have a question about what's going on in spring practice, uh, jump in there and put it in the chat box right now, if you're listening to us live, but yeah, Chris, you mentioned it. USC had three practices two weeks ago. We only got to see one of them, um, parts of one of them. And then they were back on Tuesday, 13 days off. Um, so they had spring break and they started on Tuesday. Uh, I was a little under the weather. I didn't go down there to campus, but you were there. Uh, there was a pro day in the morning, so we had like Jack and uh, RJ and and uh, those guys down there watching USC Pro Day, but then in the afternoon was spring practice number four, pouring down rain. We get word that practice might be a little delayed because of the rain, but there was no avoiding it. It was basically just coming down in buckets. Um, you didn't seem super happy out there. You're still taking your ghost notes and everything, which are great. Make sure you go check out the ghost notes, one of the best features we have at USCFootball.com, but it seemed like Lincoln Riley was happy that it was raining. Just get a little, you know, inclement weather out there for them to practice in.
0: Yeah, he was definitely jazzed up about having the rain, which his reasoning it makes a lot of sense. You know, you know, they're blessed with amazing weather. You know, three hundred and what fifty days of the year. You know, Southern California, but football games are not always played in the perfect conditions. So he was talking about how he has actually moved walkthroughs and moved practice time. So they will be able to practice in the rain. They want that experience in the inclement weather, in the elements, in the rain, wet balls. You're going to have snow when you're going to the Big Ten. So it's just about looking ahead and, you know, thinking out, not outside the box, but just thinking about that, those little things like, you know, let's not avoid the rain. We're going to have to play football in the rain at some point. Let's get the team ready to do that. Let's have practice in the rain. So football weather football coach kind of speak wanted to get them acclimated to playing in the in the rain, so they took full advantage and there was plenty of rain for them to practice with on uh Tuesday. All right, sorry, I was just uh checking a message while you were
1: talking about there. um yes, rain Southern California it's kind of rare, right We had. I think we had like six inches of rain or something. We get like 0.6 normally. That's just this last month. There were people clamoring for, you need an indoor facility and blah, 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 blah. USC needs facility upgrades for sure. But having like a full-on indoor, that's not something I don't think USC needs. You mentioned it. It's, it, it hardly ever rains here. We just have had, had a bunch of rain the last uh, few weeks. But the fact that they couldn't do all like the pro day stuff outside like they wanted to. There were some people complaining, and I'm like, I don't, I don't get that complaint. Like, do you need, you know, bigger offices? Like, they, I mean, Lincoln Riley talked about just not even having enough office space for the guys that they were bringing in. Stuff like that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you want better weight rooms and all that, I no problem with all that. But USC doesn't necessarily need an indoor, you know, practice facility just because it's Southern California. I mean, it's almost like. If you remember, like, Lane Kiffin going up to Oregon that year, like, dressing like he he was uh, going on, a a, like, the Iditarod or whatever. Just, it was, like, (laughs) so much. But, like, he's like, hey, man, it's really freaking cold here, and the weather sucks. You don't have to do this stuff in Southern California. It was sort of like a flex. If USC built, like, some big indoor facility, I don't know, just sort of, like, thumbing your nose is how good the weather is, I guess.
0: Yeah, it just seems like it would be a waste of space because you don't need it. I mean, you've said said to the point of this, you you're in Southern California, it's, it's yeah. like I said, 350 days of the year. It's it's beautiful. And just because pro day happened to fall on the one day it was raining, you know, this isn't uncommon. You know, the Sam Darnold pro day was raining also. And yeah. he solidified himself as a what top three pick with that performance in the rain. Obviously wasn't helpful for 40 times and stuff like that. It was a little bit miserable, but miserable, but yeah, you don't need to Focus on building an indoor facility just so you can have perfect 40 times <laughs> one day out of the year, essentially. Yeah, every other, you know, twice a decade you need yeah. a pro
1: day, whatever. Yeah, that was, uh, what was it, uh, Thomas Haslin? Who's the, was it the Browns? I forget, it's the Browns. It's, it's something Haslin. like he's the Browns owner. And he was in, I remember being a pro day in the stands and he was like, so the billionaire was like sitting up like kind of behind me. Um, everyone assumed that everyone's picking Darnold, if you remember that, uh, with the first pick. Uh, and they went with Baker Mayfield. So, like, the Browns get Baker Mayfield. You could have had Darnold, you know, it's not been great or anything, but you also could have had um, Josh Allen. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> were they in the same draft? Yeah, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, those were all the guys were in the same draft, right? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I could pull that. But chat, let us know. I think it was Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold. I think they were all. Uh, in the same draft but it was we put some stories up uh, over at usafootball.com from pro day if you want to go check that out Um, Andrew Voorhees talked about you know that inspiring performance Um, you know he felt he could have set a record Uh, he put it up the bench press 20 225 pounds 38 times he you know talked to uh, Ahmad and wrote a story on it like he could have He thought he could have set the record, but he had the biggest, you know, the highest um, total for the combine. So he's just a freak on the bench press. Uh, But to do that on one leg, uh, it was pretty impressive. And so, I think that alone might have, you know, he was one of the best guards in the country. And I think people will take a chance on him, even though he's got the injury, um, showing the kind of gut determination that he did, the grit. Um, I feel like that's probably going to help him. So it was cool to kind of read his story, Chris.
0: Yeah, I mean, just the really. Sad story, but there is some positive out of it and just that uh, perseverance and that uh, mentality to not give up even when, you know, something like that happens to you, which is, you know, a metaphor for life. Yeah. Because things like that are going to happen. So it's really great to see him have that outlook and kind of persevere through that. And, you know, I hope a team takes that into account when they're, you know, going to the draft. And I know... He's hopeful that he can get drafted and he was going to get drafted before this, but I'm hoping that still can he can come out the other side drafted going into uh, you know April when when the draft is.
1: Yeah. That would be uh, that would be great for Andrew, great kid. And uh, you know, seeing like a Travis Dye out there who, who's coming back from the injury, um, you know, Jordan Addison catching some balls. So it yeah, it was good. It's good to be out there. It wasn't uh yeah, I mean, the rain sort of dampered and everything, but you know, you're, you're gonna you know, root for those guys going forward and hope you see some more progens, as I like to say, uh, uh, when the draft comes, uh, this April later on in the day, like you said, there was practice and, uh, got to hear from Alex Grinch. We'll talk about in a second, but Lincoln Riley, uh, good to hear from him. We, you know, we talked to him a couple of weeks ago. um, and he, yeah, I think it was the the last time we talked to him. I think it was like the Saturday Zoom call or something like that. We or was do it, a Saturday Zoom? He didn't call. do it to, When was it? I forget. It was the not yeah, the previous like it was two weeks ago. I think you know when they were doing the practice and everything. But he had some interesting to say about like scholarship numbers, and we're going to talk about you know one guy that's dropped off. Um, but he's saying there's still a couple spots open, so there might be players that are off the team or in the portal that we don't know about yet, or go, uh, you know planning to go into the portal. Um, and it was. I thought it was interesting that he didn't have really a plan. Like we're getting a defensive lineman and an offensive tackle. It was just sort of like, hey, we're going to add where we need to add. Um, you know, bringing in guys. I, you know, if, I don't know what did you make of what he said about that.
0: I mean, I'm not surprised by anything he said. We we knew that USC, even if he hadn't come out and said it, we knew that USC would be buyers in the second portal opening. You know, that's not a secret. USC still needs some help at the defensive line. You could probably use one more offensive lineman. You know, so we knew they were going to be buyers. That's not a, uh, a secret. And I'm not shocked he didn't come out and say what they're going to be need because for the most part, you don't know what's going to be in the portal in three weeks. Like, did we think Malcolm Epps was going to be in the portal? Not necessarily, no. but you have no idea who is going to enter the portal now. The coaches, I'm sure, they maybe have a sense of maybe who's going to be in the portal. You know, you 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 check those back channels. You check those uh, those those you know those. You're you're making your little calls to to high school coaches and high school parents. You're you're checking the the feelers out there to like what's the landscape going to look like for the portal in several weeks, and that can give you an idea. But you really don't know. Who's going to go in the portal? Because you could be hearing, oh, this big time name is going to go in the portal. But two weeks later, they get a big NIL deal done. So it, it and then, you know, they they never enter. So you, it's like planning for, it's like planning for a trip where you don't know where you're going, you know. So you don't know what you're going to see, you don't know what you're going to do, but you just have your idea of what you want and you just hope that enters. And if there's a big time name, that enters, like if there's a big time tight end that enters, you know I'm sure there'll be players because USC's depleted right now at that position. If there's another big time tackle that enters, yeah, I'm sure they'll they'll uh, they'll kick the tires. And I know if there's a defensive lineman in there, they're going to kick the tires as well. So just gotta wait and see what uh what gets served up in the portal in uh in the coming month.
1: USC won't need a quarterback, uh, obviously, with uh, Caleb Williams coming back. But we did get a a chat. DJ Whitehead said, so the three guys I mentioned were first-rounders. He also said Lamar Jackson and Josh Rosen were also in
0: that class. So, yeah. You're right. I didn't – I don't know why I just didn't think – I thought Baker Mayfield was like significantly – not significantly, but like at least two classes before him. So,
1: Yeah. Uh, It was a surprise. Remember, we weren't sure if Sam was going to go one. He ends up going three. And uh, Byron says to, to let up on Sam, took the Jets to the playoffs in the first year. Yeah, I'm not – I think Sam could still have a decent NFL career. I mean, sometimes you're in a bad situation. And we haven't seen a lot of quarterbacks do great in the Jets, so we'll see uh, what happens. He's in
0: a good situation now with the 49ers, so.
1: Yeah. Um, that'll be interesting to see what he kind of does uh, from there. Um, other stuff from, you know, Lincoln Riley – the optimism. I think this is the general feel from talking to people. Remember, we sat down with Lincoln Riley, talking with him. There just this seems to be like this optimism that this is going to be things are going to be better. Um, a lot of the stuff is going to get better. And his comment about um, the gap between like where the starters basically are and the guys behind them. It sounded like he felt like the depth just wasn't that good. And and now just for what Lincoln Riley's saying, it sounds like he feels like the starters are better, but not just that, but the people behind them are better.
0: Right. The What was good for them last year was here. And then behind them was there. You know, there's see this big gap there. Now it's a lot closer, which obviously makes for a better football team. And I believe the question was specifically about the defensive front area. So, you know, that's, a positive thing to hear, but it's also like a very spring thing to hear. Like you you can tell, you can you can see it. Uh, you know, they went out and got better players. They upgraded some positions. They're still a little thin in some some areas defensively, but you definitely feel like this team, this at least the the roster defensively, is in a better spot than it was a year ago going to here. You know, obviously you lose two two below two, but you still have some some weapons that you hope Will be contributors and step up and help that pass rush is better. But you know it is it's an encouraging thing to hear. But it's also you know it's spring football. You know he 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 was not. I, I don't know what I'm saying right now. I'm just I'm just talking in circles right now. But you know it, it is what it is. I have no I have nothing to add there. I I just talk myself into a circle and I'm walking myself out of it. That's
1: okay. Uh, no worries. We don't want to talk into a circle there. Um, yeah. Well, let's switch over to Alex Grinch because there was a lot of. There was a thread on the P about he'd be a great politician. I did a, I did the uh, solid verbal this week uh, with those guys talking about it. And, you know, they obviously got asking about the defense. And I think that's the one thing that, as much people don't like Alex Grinch right now just because the defense has been bad, but when you. Listen to what he has to say. He's he takes accountability. You know he will come in and say we sucked. This wasn't good. You know things like that. he's he's someone that's going not gonna like tell you uh, things are better than they are. I mean he'll he's gonna point out that like hey you know we had some good games in those eleven games that that we won but you know you're gonna look at the ones that lost where the defense was was bad. And I think you know when you listen to Clay Helton talk. They could get beat up on the defensive line and he would praise like the how the offensive line played for the other team or something. And I don't think you know, I don't think you're getting that kind of coach speak or whatever from from Alex Grinch. But they're not exactly he's not exactly providing some of the answers. And I don't know what answers would make the the P happy or, or USC fans uh happy, but what did you make of kind of what he said about how this team needs to improve from year one to year two?
0: No answer would be Good enough for the peristyle. And the only answer they want is that Alex Grinch is fired, and that's not going to happen. So they have to live with it. But yes, Alex Grinch is very, takes ca- accountability for, you know, the defense being bad. And he said, when you do have a season like you did on the defensive side of the ball, the quote, bullets are flying at the coaches. And he said, it's deserved, you know, after the performance they end of the year on and kind of that that slide through the back half of the season. So, you know, he takes full accountability for it. But he he didn't say anything that was like specific in terms of changes they've made or anything like that. You know, there was still some coach, coach speak in there. There was accountability being taken, but there wasn't anything groundbreaking that was going to tell you that, you know, this is going to be different or X is going to be different. You know, it kinda was similar to what Riley was saying is that you see the the gap closing between, you know, the starters and the backups. You know, he also said a big important thing they need to accomplish is for those year two guys, those guys going to their second year in the system, you know, they have to be year two guys. It's not enough just to look at it on paper and say, Okay, this guy's coming back for another year in the scheme. You actually have to do it. You have to go out there and play like a year two guys so you're hoping you see improvement just because there are guys that understand the system have played in the system they're a lot more comfortable in the system and they can play a little bit faster because it's their second year in the system so you're hoping to get a bump from just guys being more comfortable in the system you did talk about that
1: yeah um i want to talk switch a little bit to uh Uh, The running back, Marshawn Lloyd, um, who you got to hear from for the first time uh, since he's been a Trojan. And I'm not sure – you don't normally talk about, like, your roots or, like, where you're from. But if you know this, he's actually from – they call it uh, the DVM or DMV or something. It's uh, Washington, D.C., Virginia. And I think they might include Maryland. I'm not – (laughs) it's sort of like a whatever. But from the area – Guess where Caleb Williams is from?
0: There's a connection there. His kind of recruit story was was pretty funny. Yeah, so they've actually they're very familiar with each other. Marshawn Lloyd and Caleb Williams played against each other growing up in the same you know youth leagues against each other, and they played at rival high schools. Caleb Williams at Gonzaga Prep and Marshawn Lloyd at Dematha Catholic, which is actually my alma mater. So they're very familiar with each other. And Marshawn Lloyd, I asked him about, you know, growing up and playing against him. And he was like, it was it was always, it always made me so mad because, you know, he's Caleb Williams. He's he's unstoppable. And it was so hard to stop him. So now he's glad that they're teammates. But when he first entered the portal, you know, they were one of the first teams to hit him up. Tennessee was actually the first team to immediately hit him up. But he said, Caleb texted him, he said, Hey, come to USC let's win a national championship, let's go to the league together, let's do it. And, you know, that was kind of one of the selling points. And, you know, when you have, you're joining one of your old high school, I don't know what to call them, like DMV colleagues or what have you, you know, someone you you have you know how good they are. And obviously he won the Heisman, so now everyone knows how good you are. But I think it's just a, it's just a cool story to get reunited for someone that used to go Head to head with each other and now they're just their teammates on the same USC team in the same backfield. So that it that is kind of cool. Two two rivals at a high school and youth league now working together towards the same goal, which is a championship.
1: Yeah, on the other side of the country. And uh he's a physically not the tallest guy in the world, right? But just looks kind yeah, of he's, like stocky. He's, he, and-
0: I'm we're probably the same size. I might be a little bit taller than him, but yeah, I would not wanna get a – I would not want to meet him in the hole, he's a big, thick dude. You could tell he's been, you know, he's had multiple years in SEC weight room. His his arms are, are are massive, and yeah, he he did note, you know, he is a powerful runner, but he has a little bit of speed to him. Don't don't count him out of that in that category. So I'm excited to see what Marshawn Lloyd can do with his offense, and I'm waiting to see some of those clips, uh, yeah, posted on uh, the account for for some runs by
1: him. Yeah, for our practice ones, we get to see little social media dealies. that'll be kind of fun um, to see. Anything else from practice you want to mention before we move
0: on to like the transfer portal news or? Brendan Rice had it uh, oh, was yeah. interesting to talk to. You know, he said he's bigger, heavier, stronger, faster than last year. He talked about how you know this year the difference that he feels in camp, this camp compared to last camp was. Just the energy feels like there's more competition. He said last year they thought they were, you know, trying to impress the coaches. They didn't really know the plays. But now he says they're, quote, locked in and they're, you know, they're working toward this goal to finish what they started last year, and that's win a championship. And that bond feels even stronger than it was in the spring, which makes sense because, you know, they're all kind of new guys. And now there's an established foundation with that culture. So, talked a lot about that and you know being being a leader now he's the old guy in the room and he did kind of hint that this will be his last season at USC I'm not sure if it was a joke but he was asked about you know you know building towards you know being draft and he's like yeah I'm out of here and he kind of laughed you know that Brendan Rice personality so I don't know if he was joking or but he, it did seem to imply that he aims to make this his final season and he did drop that he is the uh fastest on the team he said they all raced and he won so that's a pretty big claim to make when you have some like Mm. 10-2 10-3 guys and Zachariah Branch and Damani Jackson so
1: did Branch get back to you on that he did not
0: get back to me on that (laughs) uh we're gonna have to check that out I tweeted at him so we'll see but Makai Blackman did quote tweet me and he didn't like confirm that uh Brendan Rice could be the fastest on the team but he did say that Definitely, he's up there, which is saying something because you know he's a six foot two, two hundred twelve pound wide receiver. He's built physically, and if he strings together some games like he had again in the Cotton Bowl against Tulane, he's going to be on some uh, All Pac twelve list, maybe even some like uh, All American uh, third team, third team list. You know, some honorable mention if he if he plays at that level yeah. across a whole season. You know, he's a dude can be a dude just needs to get that consistency down to show but you know he he was he talked about that Cotton Bowl game and how the chemistry with Caleb Williams finally it felt like he finally clicked and you, yeah. the results spoke for themselves but he said they're trying to get that Jamar Chase Joe Burrow Whoa. type connection so he said that that's been going on early in in camp here kind of building off what they were able to do with the Cotton Bowl here so you hope, you, you hope as a USC fan it sees through the the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, just like seventy five percent of that game potential, like that's huge. You know, that was that was an enormous, you know, such a huge performance.
0: And again, it's Tulane, so right, it's not like Notre Dame or. But it's Utah, kind of those things you know but, you could do. Yeah, you know, like,
1: there, I think you know you're playing like youth baseball and you might be playing a bad team and like you're you know one of your your number eight hitter hits a couple home runs and you're like, oh, we weren't sure if you were able to do that. And like you do, you know I mean? There's sort of one of those things where the potential is there. I think if you're watching the Lakers right now, seeing like Austin Reeves, like go crazy and average 20 points over the last eight, nine games, whatever it is, you know, like, Hey, I can do this. If I I can, I can be a higher level player than what I've been doing. And we just didn't see Brendan Rice be that kind of higher level player. And I think you saw him do it on a big stage. Um, you know, against the opponent that won a lot of games, even though it's Tulane. Um, there's no reason he couldn't do that through most of the Pac-12 schedule. You know, I feel like um, so that's good. We'll see uh, if, you know, if if they can keep that up. If that chemistry is going to stick around, there. Um, it's funny in the intro, the end of our intro, the last clip uh, to the you know our, we use our tunnel vision intro for the Paristale podcast. The last clip is Malcolm Epps catching a touchdown pass. Mm. Probably have to change that because Malcolm Epps is now. Entering the transfer portal. Uh, He announced on social media this week. Um, So he was out there at practice the first week, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. And then now he is gone. So any thoughts on
0: Malcolm Epps? He says he's going to be a graduate transfer, so he's got his degree. Doesn't have Um, to sit out, have his degree. And it was just a very interesting time to transfer, you know, not waiting until the end of spring camp to make that decision. Maybe he was already thinking about it going into spring camp, you know, went through went to workouts, did go through that first week of practice, and then they go on spring break. So I don't know if he went back home to Texas. I assume he went back home to Texas, but, you know, maybe he was back home in Texas, did some thinking, have some time to think, maybe thought about what his role was going to be like, reviewed the first week of practice. I'm not sure, but, you know, ended up deciding to Get a jump start on getting in the portal his graduate transfer. He, I hope he finds a, a new home. But it is just interesting timing, also with USC still being in the recruitment of a certain five-star tight end, Deuce Robinson. Now a lot of people are pointing to Malcolm Epps deciding to enter the portal now as like the 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 smoking gun for that Deuce Robinson is coming. I I doubt Lincoln Riley sat him down and said, Hey, look. Deuce Robinson's coming. I, I doubt he said that to him, but maybe it was inferred that there'll be more competition coming in the the summer and fall. Deuce Robinson will be making his decision. I believe April first. That is the uh, that that is the deadline he has set for himself. So it's coming up here that we're gonna know shortly what the decision is for Deuce Robinson. And it feels like it's all USC at this point, but you never know in recruiting. But it is just interesting that timing just to participate in the first week, go on spring break, and then enter. You know, it's a loss for depth purposes because USC is now very depleted from a tight end perspective for spring. They only have two healthy tight ends in Lake McCree and Carson Tabaracci, Tabarucci, who is playing kind of that H-back role. Jude Wolf is on the mend with that, that foot injury, so he should be back in the summer and fall and then you have Kate Eldridge coming in the summer as well, three-star prospect out of Washington, who is more H back than than true tight end as an athlete out of his high school. But yeah, if you were able to get Deuce and get get him in that room, you know, it, it's wide open for for snaps and reps and catches and, catches and all that. So we'll have to see. But they're gonna have to to gut it through spring without uh with just like two tight ends, two scholarship tight ends at least for right now. And remember because Ethan Ray did a. Uh, Leave the program kind yeah. of processed out, and, you know. He battled his injuries, so that that was a that is another body though that that you don't have. So very thin. I think he, Malcolm Epps has already been taken off the the roster, so that's that was interesting how quickly that that wow. that worked. But yeah, there's only four tight ends listed on the roster right now. One of them being a walk on, and yeah. one being injured. So yeah, it's pretty thin right now. I wouldn't be surprised if they move somebody like an edge guy to just a, just for a body or something.
1: Yeah. Um, Poot uh, wrote in about this. He says, Malcolm Epps just entered the portal. I suspect that's because word has gotten around internally that Deuce Robinson has signed. If we can't get him, we're dangerously thin at that position. Uh, McCree has shown promise. Ethan Ray retired. Jude Wolfe has spent his entire career as a Trojan Hurt. Take me, Talk me off the tight end ledge, Ryan. This position keeps me up at night. Uh, fight on Poot. I mean, if, it's sort of like if the tight end position didn't exist, like how many points would USC scored last year? Like about the same, right? So I don't know. I don't know if it's th- that dire, but um, it's it's sort of like a – it's a nice position to have, but Lincoln Riley can score without it. Um, so I don't know. I wouldn't worry too much. You know, what, are, what are your thoughts, Chris? I think
0: it's still in kind of in that growing pain area for Lincoln Riley. I think Shotgun has mentioned this that – you look at the room when he first got there. It didn't really have I guess the body type that he wanted cuz you know moving Carson to H-back, he's not a true tight end, he's more like that 6 foot 2, 230 kind of a combo guy and they got Cade Eldridge out of Washington. He fits that mold as well, kind of an athlete that can play all over the field. So you see him molding that position into what he really wants, which is kind of that running back, fullback, kind of move out, can play a little tight end, a little inline. So got two guys there now. I think we'll see a jump forward with that 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 position. And, you know, Deuce Robinson, probably more uh, flexed out wide receiver, obviously, than a true tight end. He's not going to be yeah. like an inline block or anything like that. He just goes out there to make catches and touchdowns. That's what he does. So <laughs> if you get Deuce Robinson, you know, signs point to USC being the moving moving away as the leader for this one. So I'm trying to talk you off the ledge. USC's in a really good spot for Deuce Robinson, but you add Deuce Robinson to that room of Lake McCree, healthy Jude Wolf, uh Carson Tabarucci, and then Kate Eldridge. You know, that's a decent tight end room. Not the deepest in the world, especially with some of the injuries that they've had, but no. it, it, I think it's it's more versatile than what it can do this year with having Deuce being the big mega weapon, Lake McCree being a big potential to be a weapon. We saw that as true freshman year. And then having two more true H-back kind of bodies in there that you can play with, maybe add that wrinkle for this year's offense.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, Why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back. If you're watching us live, we don't have a ton of questions today. We have a voicemail and an email, a couple of comments so far. So put question in the comments over on YouTube and we will get to it uh, in a bit. Otherwise, we'll – Wrap it up a little earlier and uh, let you guys go about your day. But thanks for staying with us. Back in a minute.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
1: The Peristyle podcast, uh, returning with Chris Trevino. I am Ryan Abraham. We do have, this is, oh, we have to do the. Uh... Three simple words. You've got mail. Woo-hoo! Actually, I got one, uh, West Texas Mike, who, uh, right, he listens to our shows. Uh, he's a big USC fan, but he also okay. listens to the podcast of Champions. He's created over like 200 drops from our shows. I need to. I haven't even gone through them yet. I have to go through a 200 lot.
0: 200 drops.
1: It's like insane. From of little video clips and stuff. From which podcast? Uh, from all of them. So like, oh. there's ones of you. There's ones of me. There's ones of me here. There's ones of Harvey Hyde. There's ones of. Um, I think he even grabbed some from Elizabeth from like our TikToks. Like he's made little clips of a lot of stuff from David Woods, who's my co-host on the podcast of Champions. So if we say something sort of memorable or whatever, he just clipped them, and I'll put them in there. I hope he did the rail one you said two weeks ago. What was the rail?
0: Something about you getting railed or something.
1: Okay, Okay. he probably did. I'll have to look there, but there are so many. But thanks, West West Texas Mike. Shout out. I need to go through them. Yeah, shout out. Um, So why don't we start with a voicemail?
0: Hey, Ryan, U-S-E just hired a defensive consultant is this person overseeing the defensive coordinator or is he just what is he there for he has a lot of experience but he's never really been a successful defensive coordinator or anything like that <clears throat> very interesting uh, Lincoln Riley has stated that he's going to get more involved with the defense well, that's one way delegate Curtis from Moreno Valley.
1: Thanks, Curtis. I did forget to mention, that was one of the notes I had in there, uh, Greg Brown is a long time, uh, coach, defensive coach, uh, SEC, NFL, and he was brought on as a defensive analyst. Um, I'm not sure you know the hierarchy works, uh, Curtis, but defensive analysts don't come in and oversee the defensive coordinator. Sometimes they're sort of like, the waiting in the wings guy for the defensive coordinator. Like we've seen um what was it? Uh who who did uh, Sark hire? Um Patterson like Gary Patterson, was it right? Yeah, the TCU. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. You bring who you bring left? him. You bring him as an analyst. And sometimes you're like gonna take over. And we've seen that with Nick Saban where like Lane Kiffen was an analyst and ends up becoming the offensive coordinator eventually. Um but no, he's an analyst, he's helping out. Eyes and ears, uh, you know, but you are not overseeing the defensive coordinator
0: as an analyst. Just another voice, just a guy with experience that can come in and look at it and say, look at a problem and be like, hey, you know, maybe we could try this. Or, you know, obviously he's coached three Thorpe Award winners. So, you know, he's a good defensive back coach, defensive back by trade, Stop many stops. So he knows a lot of things, you know, NFL, like said, trade. college. Just yeah.
1: hearing by trade, by the way, it's like. I'm a quarterback coach by trade. Like, how how, You're going to have nightmares?
0: Not me. (laughs) I love the phrase by trade. Defensive back coach by trade. And, yeah, he just has experience and he has knowledge. And, you know, you want to tap into that. But he's not overseeing, you know, Alex Grinch or the defensive – the defense at all. You know, he's not that big of a name. You know, he's not Gary Patterson or anything like that. So he's just here to help share his wisdom – share some things he's learned, share things that work for him, you know, just an, an extra pair of uh, eyes and ears and hands to, to work with the, with the defensive backs and such. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for that one. We, so
1: shotgun and I did a show last week. Was it last week or the week before? Um, uh, whatever.
0: Go into the March madness. So probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was, there was one show
1: that, I mean, there's one question that we answered that was for you. That was, we left over from coach B. He says, 18 K. Since we will all be flying to College Park every other year soon, I'm hoping you could give us some feedback about the city. I think it would be wild if you coordinated an L.A. takeover of a locals-only dive bar for post-game celebrations, and when the Marylanders get mad, we can all be like, no, 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 it's cool, I'm with Chris (laughs) Cervino. And then we will tell the bartender that you are, are buying to get a round of Natty bo. Uh, for the whole bar. What is, Nadibou, what it's, is, a it's a beer. It's a beer. Okay. For the whole bar, and everyone will be happy. Also, is it Marylanders, Marylandis, Marylandians? And for that matter, what is Old Bay? Thanks, bro, especially Jack.
0: You're the best little dude, Coach B. <laughs> Shout out to Coach B. Always ask questions uh, for the composite. So lots of process there. It's Marylanders is what I would say. Okay, Marylandites, not necessarily. And you're the official like spokesperson of. I guess Old Bay is just. I don't know if that's a serious question. I don't actually know what like. It's a bunch of different spices. It's, it's orange. A it's yeah. orange. It's an orange seasoning. You know, you get it on your crabs. Uh, you put it on your your shrimp. Your shrimp cocktail. It's it's salty. It's briny. It's delicious. It's it's one of the best things. Uh, that you can put on seafood. So I highly recommend it. If you don't, I remember I I went to like a seafood place out here and I asked for Old Bay and they laughed at me. So it's like uh never, never again. <laughs> never again will I go there. You but can... yeah, I think go so College Park, it's it's called construction park because <laughs> there's been a lot of construction going on. They've been building it up and changing it, and it's just like a Route One, that's the main uh the main road you just drive through and it's just straight the main artery through, through the college town. And it's small and it, but also feels big in a way, but there's a lot of different, uh, I mean, it's changed a lot since I was there, but to do that, I would love to do that. I think we would probably want to do something not as collegey, like the main bars, like, uh, uh, Bentley's. That's like the, that's like the, the legendary bar, very fratty or whatever. And, you know, after big wins, the thing to say is we're going to Bentley's. That's where you celebrate a big win. But I'd probably do like Lito's Pizza. There's a nice Lido's pizza there. So if you don't know what Lido's is, it's like their famous pizza in Maryland. It's a square pizza. Uh, so it's like one of the 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 things out there. So we'd we'll probably do it there. That the the, the Lido's in College Park is really nice. Or maybe if you want to do more bar Probably like Looney's Bar, which is further up. It's not as close to the main, like heart of the, the, uh, the the heart of the, the main strip, if you will. So those would be my two options. But probably Lido's because I, I do miss Square Pizza.
1: All right, isn't it D- Detroit does like Square Pizza too? Or Detroit does Square Pizza. Yeah. Um, when we we had an event in uh, 2017. Uh, when USC played uh, at Texas, and we ended up taking over a bar down there. Were we on the same team at that point? Were we were, was two I didn't seven? go to that. Uh, I think so, but I didn't go to that game. You didn't go to that game. Okay. Um, and it ended up being like a smallish bar. That might have uh, been our first year. I think it was first year, 2017. Yeah. yeah. So it might have been a smallish bar, but it was like a USC guy owned it. Okay. Um, and we... Th- It was very strange because we didn't realize how many people were going to come. We thought, oh, like 40, 50 people will show up. And it was kind of rainy. So this was Friday night before the game. And there was a line out the door. We had 200 people in the place. They Uh had like two bartenders working. And it was like almost impossible to get a drink. It was slam-balled in there. It was packed. And it was raining, and people are standing outside waiting to get in. All USC people. I guess there wasn't... For you? For, like, for for US for specific- this was our wow, okay. our event yeah uh, and for, uh, for me i mean my sister <laughs> came my sister came to the game and she's very much center of attention. she's my little sister center of attention kind of person and all these people are just constantly like can i get a picture with you Ryan? and like i'm you know you're like you you've gone to these events like and this was all, this was a lot of people constantly getting photos and everything and my sister was like why do they care about you i'm like i don't know that's just whatever uh but it was a lot of fun and uh Keeley was there and you know we 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 had a good time but when you do these road trips if it's a big game um yeah there's a lot of usc fans on the road and they want something to do you know i've done smaller ones with like uh you know usc psycho with roy i think when we were in seattle we would have an event and i don't know, that was more like 40 50 people kind of thing but the austin one i just think there wasn't like USC's alumni association had something, but I think you had to be like some donor status to go to their event. So there wasn't really like an event event. So our event became like the event, and it was great. So I would love to do something like that uh, in
0: Maryland for for the first Big Ten season. We used to do an LA takeover at some bar e- every road, every, every single every, one, 100%. just for the first one. <laughs> starting with Vegas, Los uh, LSU. I think.
1: The four whatever Midwestern road trips that'll be or whatever they are, I think I'm going to go for the whole week for each one. <laughs> it's just going to be like, we should have an RV. Get, I'm going to get the RV back. It's just to be like, we're just, we're coming to town. We got to go big for the first season. It's like Ryan. it's like uh, what's it called? Uh, college game day. It's like we're right. coming to your city. Like,
0: bar bam bam Like yeah, we should do it. That'd be pull awesome. it off. It's going to run us ragged. I'm telling you, but oh. it will be so much fun. The travel budget for that, I'm going to have to like. Super
1: budget, a bunch of travel for that. It's going to be crazy. Uh, James says, have you all noticed, this is a YouTube comment, have you all noticed uh, how college football is getting better and better as USC continues to win? I live on the East Coast, and we love watching USC football from North Carolina to California. Thanks. I thought I that's a comment. Um, have you noticed that, I guess? I
0: that guess that's a question. football's football is getting better and better? Yeah. Sure. Football always feels fun to me. Think, Not necessarily better, but it's always entertaining. Yeah, I think there was a starred question
1: I missed, uh, but it was about. Uh, my apologies, I, I I think I clicked on the wrong one to put it up here, but um, and I do think it's getting better and better. I love it. I love the expanded playoff. I think you know, uh, Mick Cronin, the UCLA head coach, going in the Sweet Sixteen had a funny kind of quirk today we were talking about you know yes it's changing Cultural ball's is different than it was college basketball is different the portal and all that uh it was something about like you know for every failed company there's a ceo there saying but that's always worked in the past you know and so like yes things are going to change you have to adapt um so i love i think cultural football is getting better uh you know there's i don't watch as much college basketball anymore march madness is fun I just don't get into it as much. I think as a sport, it's just, it's losing. It's definitely lost popularity like in the grand scheme of things. The NFL, you know, they're talking about NFL, like stuff today. Like they're all the pro days and everything. It's way off season and the NFL is like top of mind. You know, Colin Coward had like, uh, you know, one of the, the, you know, Cam Hayward as a guest today, like way off season. You're getting, you're talking about NFL all the time. College football, I think we can get there, but there's, it's still gaining popularity where some of the other sports are not. So I think we're in good hands there. Uh, the other comment though, YouTube was about any cultural changes you're seeing from year one to year two. And which it's hard to like look at and see a cultural change, but is, is there something maybe just that people have said that's a little bit different, Chris?
0: Um not necessarily. I mean it's only been what, two practices that we've covered. So yeah. haven't really dug super deep into the the cultural questions yet you know it's more like newcomers stuff like that so i think in a couple weeks we'll get more of that but still waiting to see some of those uh, trojan decals you know that was a cultural thing that was changed from last year you know to earn your decal yeah haven't seen any yet so i'm I'm sure we'll start to see some of those as uh, the weeks go by that's one of the big things i'll be looking for you know that was established last year to see that kind of move forward another year
1: Yeah. Curtis had called in about that too. Um, so we're not sure
0: about that. You see the padded helmets
1: and stuff, but, um, if that's a thing anymore, we, we kind of got it like, was it midway through spring? I think Lincoln Riley started talking about it so we can, uh, check with him. But I think, I mean, one of the common themes is just like now in year two, you're sort of like learning the process and, uh, you know, it's, it's like if you've done a workout, like the, if you go through the workout the first time, you're kind of learning the moves and learning the steps and what to do. And it seems like that's sort of what it was last year. Everyone's kind of learning what what is expected of them. And now you know. And Lincoln Riley, when we sat down with him, talked about players know. And now it's not just us coaches saying, here, here's how we want it done. There are players that went through it last year that when a new guy comes in, uh, you could say, this is how we do it. Like, now players kind of know. So I think that's a, probably a big part of the culture is just people have now been in the, the system for a year, and they, they're not just learning about it. They're understanding it, and they can teach the young guys and kind of bring everyone up to speed together, if that's fair. If you think that makes sense, uh, let's go to uh, Preston's Paradise. How is Taka Curtis Big the practice?
0: Yeah, Heard he's doing really well. His work ethic off the charts. Really impressing the coaches. He's on the right path. Yeah. And he's huge, so. He's a big dude. For a
1: freshman. Yeah. Um, Howell says, other than Caleb and Miller,
0: who else have you seen taking reps at quarterback? Jake Jensen. Yeah. Saw a little bit of him yesterday. Obviously, Malachi Nelson still so coming off that shoulder injury. You know, don't want to throw too much at him at one time, but I feel like it's – I did see Jake Jensen taking some reps yesterday. Yeah,
1: he um, – and, uh, and Malachi, uh, we've seen some social media posts where he's throwing passes, so he's uh, definitely out there. Uh, Boomer Assassin, I'm not sure if Boomer Assassin is a – is he an uh, Oklahoma fan? But he he seems to be nice in the chat, which is nice, but – uh, he wants to know how hot is Alex Grinch's seat
0: I'd, I'd say it's warm
1: I guess uh, yeah more than warm you know
0: it's say. like when on a cold day you get in your car you have the butt warmers you don't put it all the way up you, you do the you do the like the the lowest setting yeah I'd say it's I did the lowest setting yeah uh
1: but it's still warm it's sure. still significantly warmer than what it was um you could
0: look down and it's like is this seat heated because you feel it. Yeah, you like ooh,
1: that's good. I can't do like the fully hot one like it's just like that's oh, too much right away. Oh, I can. And then I
0: forget. And then you're and like, I'm like, "Why am I burning up?"
1: Then you're like, "Oh, something smells good." Oh, wait, that's my, that's my <laughs> it's my ass It's my keister. It's cooking. Um yeah, so to me if you had because I think it's warmer, I mean, it's warmer than warm simply because if USC's defense goes out and say they lose two or three games, and the defense is pretty much the reason in all of them, I don't think he's going to be retained at that point. So I feel like this is basically a season where just do well and he's fine. Like It's not like a Clay Helton hot seat where you're like, I don't care if he wins a national championship, we <laughs> want him fired kind of thing. It's basically just like you're talking about getting better, they're, you're getting better players, and I'm like so get better. If they get better, he's fine. If they don't, he's fired. I think that's just... I think it's that simple. It's, it's basically performance-based at this point.
0: I love the national championship Clay Helton dilemma because <laughs> it, it would break so many minds and you wouldn't even know what to do. Do you remember the,
1: <laughs> when they fired Clay Helton? So USC loses to Stanford. What they beat, who was the first game? Was it San Jose State or something or Fresno? Yeah. Fre- maybe I Fresno. Was, yeah, whatever. Whatever, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, like ancient history. And then Dante Williams gets hired. They go on the road and beat washington state which ended up being the best win of the season which we no one knew at two and one and the the debates were like well what if dante williams runs the table and makes the playoff and wins a championship is he going to be the the next head coach and all this stuff like do you remember that that was like real discussions that were had um which is kind of insane but season took so long it did take a long time that season was like three seasons Every, like most of the radio shows, I did like a Chuck Oliver show as an East Coast guy. I did him this morning. And uh, so many people are just like, we feel good for you, man. You know, we're like, he, he mentioned that Arizona game that USC, like it just looked terrible in and lost. He's like, you know, I talked to you after that game and there's just no hope for fans. And just, you know, and your website depends on the team doing well. I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, that's something that's out of our control, but you know, we can cover the team, but if the team stinks. A lot of people are very like happy that um, we've been had a have a, a lot better stuff to cover since uh, was it November of 2021 since they hired Riley. Basically, well, September of 2021 when they fired Clay is when it sort of like things just got like your life just got way better, like everything got better, and then it got like way better in November when they hired and Riley. It's like detoxing. You're gonna yeah. feel really sick, but then you're gonna feel great. Yeah, it was, but there was like seven years of sick. Um, here's another one. Uh, did either of you read Notre Dame president and, uh, 80, op, 80s op ed in the New York times about the future of college sports? And if so, any thoughts? I have not. Have I you? can't read. So uh, I try to read stuff like that, but I didn't, uh, I didn't see it. If you want to give us like a summary or something, um, but spark it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't do that one. And then we got, I think one last one, uh, from Tim. Seems that the media is getting more access to practice during the spring. Is this true? And if so, uh, do you think it continues into the fall and the season? It feels the same. Yeah, it's about the same. Um, it's more in general than what Lincoln Riley allowed in Oklahoma, and USC was just more open. USC is in a pro sports town, and I want to do a. I want to do this. Uh, exercise um, at some point, but like we'd have to figure out how you determine like the biggest, like um, I don't know, most high-profile sports athlete. You know, you rank them. Like who's the highest profile athlete in like Southern California? It's, it's probably LeBron James, right? Caleb Williams would be... Top five? No, I don't even think so. But in like... Oklahoma, number one. Like, in most states, Caleb Williams, you know...
0: You don't think he's top five?
1: No. I mean, you have... Just from... The, would you watch the baseball classic at all? Like, is he bigger than uh, Mike Shari Trout? Atani? Like, no. Is he bigger than, like, Kawhi Leonard or Paul George? Or, I mean, I guess you know, even, like, Westbrook? I mean, there's... so And any of the, like, how many of the big Dodgers? You know, like, Clayton Kershaw. Like, there's just so many dudes... Like I don't think he's top ten. He might not be top fifteen as far as like, yeah, he won the Heisman Trophy, but this is a pro sports town. Um, I don't know. I'm not. Maybe I'm wrong. But and you would have to figure out a re- like, how would you? I don't know if it's social media following or whatever. But I mean, this is big boy sports being played here. Like Otani might be the greatest baseball player we've ever seen, and he's like playing in Southern California. Um, you know, Mookie Betts. Like, is he bigger than Mookie Betts? Like. He's not bigger than Mike Trout. He's not bigger than LeBron. He's not bigger than some of these dudes. Uh, I don't even know, like, Kings guys. Or if there's any soccer dudes, probably not. But, I mean, I'm, I'm not a big soccer guy, but there might be. Um, I don't know. W- would you argue against any of those? Like, would you say he's bigger than Trout or something? Or
0: No. I just... Bigger than Kawhi Leonard? Like,
1: multiple maybe NBA Ka-
0: Maybe Kawhi Leonard. Really? Because Kawhi Leonard doesn't talk.
1: <laughs> I know, but he's, like, not a bigger sports star than Kawhi Leonard. Like... Sure.
0: It's just. Yeah, Kings fans, tell us some Kings that would be on the list. I don't know. It's just because he's not a professional athlete. You're a professional athlete. You get to play But the point is, like,
1: in Oklahoma, there aren't any, right? Or there's some. Um, I mean, he might be, who's that point guard for, uh, or the guard for OKC? I'm going to the Laker game tomorrow now. Couldn't tell you. Yeah, it's at three initials. But anyway, he's like a stud. Um, but it's a, you know, I'm kind of off track. Where did I get back to? Uh, how did I, how did we get here? Oh, oh, as far as access. So being a professional sports town, uh, Tim, you have to be more open if you want to get headlines. If, if you're a superstar player and I would argue, isn't one of the top 10 sports personalities in the city, you know, in the, in the region, You have to. I think Lincoln Riley understood that you need to be more open. Um, And he's done that. And I think he's making it, it's not as open as it was during Pete Carroll, but Clay Helton was shutting stuff down too. But it's, I think it's similar to what we had with Clay Helton. And it allows us to do our jobs. We can still talk to players, which a lot of places you can't. We can talk to, we couldn't talk to a lot of assistants during the season. We, I think we're going to get a little bit more. To answer your question, we'll probably get a little more access during the season because we'll probably get an assistant from time to time. We're going to get each assistant once during the spring. So they won't be completely shut out of this process. Um, the fact that, And I think it really helps players to be able to do interviews. Um, if you remember back to your college days, Chris, or doing your first like job interview, the best way to practice for job interviews is to do interviews. Is to do more of them. Apply for a job you don't even care about, just to interview, and some person's asking you questions, and you you get to answer them. Um, I think that helps. And when I've hired people, you know, the more I interview someone, you know, the more job interviews I went on, the more it would help me do my own interviews. And so I feel like getting that practice. You just see USC players when they get to the league, and they're they're more ready because they've done a lot of interviews. If you're someone that's been shut out and they never get to talk to the media, I think you're doing that player a disservice, especially in the NIL world. Like, if I'm a player and I'm playing for a coach who doesn't want me to do interviews and I want to get out there and show my personality so I get more TikTok followers and make more money in NIL, like, I would be pretty upset with that coach. So I think Lincoln Riley has done a good job adapting. One, he's now no longer a first-time head coach. Two, he's in a much different market where you should be more open. And I give him kudos for adapting to that. You never want a coach to feel like they're putting themselves at a disadvantage. And he's mentioned things like that before. He doesn't want to talk about this because he feels like that would put his team at a disadvantage. But I feel like he's embracing it um, and seeing that, hey, we can have players talk, we can have coaches talk, and it's not going to kill our team or anything. And it actually helps the players and it probably helps the coaches. They get more high profile. You know, if you're Googling... Um, you know, some coach that gets hired and he's someone that has been on Nick Saban's staff for 15 years has never done an interview. You're like, I don't know what this guy thinks. Um, but if it's someone like, Oh, it's Dennis Simmons. Okay. Well, there's a whole bunch of interviews we've done with Dennis Simmons already. They're all on YouTube. You can go check it out. You can see his personality. And I think that helps them as well. So kind of long answer there, but yeah, I think, I think he's more open and I think he's adapting some of it being, being more comfortable as a head coach. I think we saw Ed Orgeron when he was a head coach for the first time at Ole Miss was so buttoned up and didn't trust anybody. And when he got an opportunity at USC, he was different, you know? And I think when he uh, got an opportunity at LSU, he was different. So, yeah, that would be my assessment of it. Any- I'll
0: tell you what, nothing that we asked last year gave up a game-winning touchdown to Tulane.
1: Yeah. um, there People are saying, wake up, Chris. <laughs> when I just went on this long uh, rant, um, oh, interesting, but... All right. Uh let's see. Oh, Aaron Darnold and Cooper Cup are bigger too. Okay, yeah. I mean, huge, you know. Aaron Darnold, like the best defensive player in the NFL. He happens to be in Los Angeles. Like, he's bigger than Caleb Williams. Like, there's just a lot of dudes. Like, I, I don't know how you could say top five. But I would we would need some kind of metric. You know, right? I mean, Matthew Stafford, like, I don't know. Uh Justin Herbert. Um, I don't know, even like Austin Eckler. He's just
0: naming every player now. I mean, the, <laughs>
1: like Justin Herbert's like a, like a budding superstar in the NFL, you know. He's not a college coach. I mean, a college player. Um, but, yeah, a lot of good stuff. I don't know who the Kings would be. So I don't know if they put um, – oh, I think they, uh, they put it in there. Drew Doughty. Yeah, there's some guys that you know. Cop- heard uh, Angela of. Kopitar. Yeah, Kopitar's huge. Doughty's huge. Uh, yeah, so there's some – there's just a lot of dudes that in the city, so I think, uh, and it's good. I, I think the I think Caleb Williams likes that where, if you're in Norman, Oklahoma, like you are the, you know, you, you can't go anywhere. And you know, he mentioned did he mention he was at a restaurant and like Rihanna was there. It's like nobody gives a crap about me. Rihanna's here. Now that was before he won the Heisman. He's going to get people that are going to come up to him for sure. But um, if you want to be a, a big. It's a pretty, they're all pretty big fishes. and Riley's pretty big fish, but this is a much bigger pond and there's some bigger, there's a lot bigger fish than you in there. But even though you're big, there's bigger fish and the pond's so big, you can kind of like hopefully have more of a normal life, I guess you could say, if that makes sense. Okay.
0: Uh, can I think we that, get our screen grab? What do you need? screen? Oh, we, yeah. How do you want to do it? I think this is the bit where we just do a different screen grab. I'm going to throw this at you. Okay. Uh, wait. Do
1: this. All right, I like that. that that'll, that'll be your screen grab. Perfect. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to wrap things up. What's um, up? Oh, let's see. Uh, oh, Curtis says, uh, "What about followers?" <laughs> yeah, that- we. Could, I, I'm curious to see social media followers, like where where Caleb would be i I think younger players have an advantage, like I mean LeBron James is gonna have t- you know a ton right um but I, I don't know really? how much like Aaron Donald has like on Twitter or Instagram or whatever um I'd be curious Are even to see
0: on twitter
1: I, I, I don't know if kevin's on Twitter Aaron Donald look on Instagram on t- real quick, like Aaron Donald
0: has a hundred and sixty followers on Twitter oh how about Instagram Instagram Aaron Donald? yeah, Aaron Donald, sorry.
1: Uh, he might not be a social media guy. Uh, this is compelling. Uh, Here we go. Consumer. He
0: has 1.2 million. Okay. Do you know how many Caleb has? Caleb, I don't think it's a million. Caleb Williams. I think it's like a hundred and...
1: Okay. 181. Okay, so he's not going to be... Thousand. He's probably not top 20 as far as Instagram followers go. LA sports stars, like... I mean some of those soccer guys would have more than that. Um, and I don't even know who they are. So yeah, if you yeah, Curtis, that might be a way to do it. But I, I think he's, you know, probably bigger than that. And you know, he's he's younger, so it's, it takes a little while to establish too. Um,
0: but anyway Cooper Cup has a eight hundred and five thousand. Okay. Yeah, there's gonna be Close a lot a of million. dudes that have
1: more. Um more than that. LeBron, LeBron's got to have like tens of millions, I would think, right? Yeah, LeBron's probably like fifty million or maybe a hundred million. <laughs> I mean, so like, you know, that's like just a he's just a dude in this, you know, just down the street. You know, he plays at Staples. <laughs> I mean, well, crypto.com, dot uh, like two miles away. So it's hard to be the biggest sports star in the in the uh, in the region when you got guys like that in there.
0: I don't see a LeBron. Instagram. He does. He has one. Um, there are fan pages with more followers than Caleb. <laughs> okay. So that's Jesus true. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This random fan page is like 500,000. Wow. Amazing.
1: Um, all right. Well, we'll wrap it up. Uh, I'd, I'd be a good little project to kind of look at, like, where would he rank? And it might be, you might have to talked to, like, a sports business guy who could kind of put it all together. Like, it's not just Instagram or it's, like, Buzz and, you know. 149 you know. million. The broad Holy <laughs> <laughs> crap. <laughs> uh, Carlos uh, Vela has 1.6 million on Instagram. Okay. So some dude I don't even know has, like, 10 times as much as uh, Caleb does. Uh, all right. Well, let's wrap things up. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun doing these on video. So if you're listening on the podcast uh, platform, that's awesome. We love that you listen that way. But if you want to kind of check us out and watch the video, we will try to put more, uh, I got to get more spring photos in um, and uh, put some, uh, we'll put some more graphics and stuff up while we're uh, talking here uh, on our YouTube channel too. So it's a lot of fun. Try to make it a little more interactive. With all of that, but uh, for Chris Trevino, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you enjoyed the show and we will talk to you next time.
0: You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible.
1: Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.
0: Now, streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. The feel good movie of the year. You dig? What's Bob Marley, one We Rated PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.